Chapter Twenty Two of the Sign of the Cross in the Nineteenth Century. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle. The Sign of the Cross in the Nineteenth Century by Jean Gomme. Letter Twenty Two. Sentence of the Judgment Between Us and the First Christians. First Obligation to make the sign of the cross boldly to make it often and to make it well reasons for making it boldly disgrace and danger of not making it state of the physical and moral health of the world of the present day a possibility of man's not bearing either the sign of the cross or the sign of the demon what the sign of the demon is december nineteenth dear frederick when in civil affairs a judgment without appeal is rendered what remains to the parties only one thing under pain of revolt and all the consequences of revolt it must be executed it is the same in doctrinal questions when an infallible authority has pronounced upon a point in litigation only one course remains under pain of a revolt much more grievous and all the consequences of that revolt the decree of the supreme tribunal must be taken as the rule of conduct a trial was instituted between us and the early christians it was to be decided who were right or wrong the first christians who made the sign of the cross made it very often and made it well or modern christians do not make the sign of the cross make it seldom or make it badly the cause has been carefully examined the debates published the pleadings heard the elite of humanity constituted as a sovereign tribunal and having four assistant judges faith reason experience and nations even those which were pagan have decided in favor of the christians of the primitive church what remains for us to do we must renew the glorious chain of our ancient traditions so unhappily broken and make the sign of the cross boldly make it often make it well make the sign of the cross boldly and openly and why should we not do so why be ashamed of making it remark well my dear friend that to make or not to make the sign of the cross is not an optional thing he who makes it honors himself he who does not make it dishonors himself in making the sign of the cross we have behind us around us with us all the great men and grand ages of the east and west all of the immortal catholic nation the elite of humanity in not making it we have behind us around us with us the shallow-minded heretics unbelievers and ignoramuses the little and great beasts in making the sign of the cross we cover both ourselves and creatures with an invincible armor in not making it we disarm ourselves and expose both ourselves and creatures to the gravest perils both man and the world necessarily live under the influence of the spirit of good or the spirit of evil master of man and of creatures the spirit of evil makes them feel his malignant influence body and soul mind and matter are vitiated by it this fundamental truth has been believed by all mankind again for more than eighteen centuries the chiefs of the eternal combat have not ceased to cry out to us with one voice to cover both ourselves and creatures with the sign of the cross a buckler impenetrable to the burning darts of the enemy scutum in quo ignita diaboli extinguntur sagita 
and we soldiers unfaithful to our instructors voluntarily cast aside our armor with naked breasts we stupidly remain exposed to the deadly blows of the armed enemy and all this that we may not displease others and such others but they say present world does not make the sign of the cross and it is none the worse for it is this quite certain what is to-day the general health of man and of nature do you not hear it repeated every day in germany as in france as everywhere there is no more health this saying has now become popular is it no more than a saying even optimists tell it to you do you believe then that the divine laws made for man mind and matter have not in this life a double sanction one moral the other physical do you believe that the profanation becoming more and more general of the days consecrated to the repose of man and creatures the contempt of the laws of fast and abstinence the abandonment of the bread of life can compromise only the salvation of the soul do you believe that the over-anxiety of affairs the agitations of politics the fever of enjoyments distinctive character of a world which is undertaken to make heaven descend upon earth the effeminacy of manners the abnormal habit of turning night into day and day into night the searches of sensuality and food the frightful consumption of alcoholic liqueurs our five hundred thousand coffee-houses and taverns are without influence on the public health when thence proceeds the diminution of strength in modern generations would it be easy to find to-day many young men capable of handling the arms of our ancestors of the middle ages or even of carrying their armour those numerous reforms made by the councils of revision on account of etiolation or defects of confirmation the inability of so many persons even religious to observe the law of fasting although so much mitigated have they no signification what says that augmentation already considerable yet ever increasing of apothecaries physicians health officers and healing mediums whose antechambers will soon be as much frequented as the offices of the most eminent medical men finally those cases of suicide and insanity which in our time have swelled to such unprecedented numbers and are still increasing are they very reassuring symptoms of the public health even allowing to them only a limited value do these facts and many others demonstrate that the man of to-day is no worse than the man of former times and the health of nature over which is no longer made the liberating sign is it still improving what means the disease of the potatoes the disease of the vine the diseases of trees vegetables plants and herbs even of pasture all these unhealthy plants which number more than one hundred attacked simultaneously by serious unknown and obstinate diseases do they prove the perfect health of creatures this phenomenon all the more inauspicious as it is without analogy in history does it not rather seem to give actual nature the appearance of a great hospital in which like the human species all suffers all languishes all dies it cannot then be denied considered in man and in creatures immediately subjected to man the world of our day is diseased more diseased than formerly but what is the malady it is the enfeebling of life the word creator is life and all life to approach him is to augment life to retire from him is to diminish it in the judgment of the church and of all christian ages the exterior act the features of union of the most universal and the most ordinary which places man and creatures in contact with the life is the sign of the cross now you laugh at it you do not make it you do not wish to make it as far as you are concerned you replace it 
and also the prayers and pilgrimages of former times by sea bathing by waters hot cold tepid sulphurous or ferruginous from vichy switzerland germany or the pyrenees and in creatures by artificial manure and chenillage draining and sulphur all very well only it is necessary to do the one and not omit the other hec opetuit facere et ilia non omitere thus the people of the world of our day despisers of wisdom both human and divine believe that they can violate with impunity a law religiously observed from the foundation of christianity and respected even by the pagans who had it as a formula in the celebrated maxim it is necessary to pray in order to enjoy physical and moral health arandum est ut sit mens sana in corpore sano let us not complain we have what we have and it is our due even were the physical health of man and nature bereft of the sign of the cross to be as flourishing as they pretend there would still remain the moral health far more important than the first now what is the sanitary state of souls in the world of our day if the answer would lead me too far i only remind you that the moral man as well as the physical has the inevitable alternative either to live under the salutary influence of the good spirit or the malevolent influence of the evil spirit the sign of the cross places us under the first the absence of this sign abandons us to the second such is again the teaching of the church confirmed by the practice of christian ages this experience of eighteen hundred years is nothing to you you no longer want the sacred sign you no longer have any faith in it you no longer make it on your forehead your lips your heart or your food ah well the demon will mark his own on all those foreheads on all those lips on all those hearts on all that food shall be seen without the necessity for a microscope the sign of the beast what is the sign of the beast on the forehead it is pride insubordination anger contempt effrontery agitation of the features inaptitude for spiritual sciences disgust for moral studies pleasures tarnished by the vice of impurity or consumed by wine something heavy in the countenance something low dull bestial the cynicism of eyes full of adultery full of a sin that never ends continually alluring unstable souls what is it on the lips laughter either immodest or immoderate foolishly impious or cruelly mocking talkativeness without rule without importance without aim obscene words words of deceit irreligion blasphemy hatred detraction and jealousy too full of concupiscences which rise like foam inflections as the exaltations of a sepulchre deadly as the venom of a viper what is in the heart bad thoughts wicked desires fornications impurities treasons the shameful littleness of egotism thefts poisonings murders the reign of courtesans the apotheosis of actresses what is it over edibles their pernicious influence not having been delivered by the saving sign they serve as even the pagans themselves acknowledged as vehicles to the demon placed by mandication in intimate contact with the inferior part of the soul they excite its appetites flatter its base instincts and stir up its passions hence what we now see nicety and choice sensuality in eating and drinking despotism of the flesh disgust for labor powerlessness to resist temptation the abasement and sometimes brutalizing of the intellect softness of morals symbartism of habits the adoration of the god of the belly depleted to-day more than ever by contempt of self by the stifling of conscience in the moral sense by suicide and infanticide
Look around you, my dear friend. Seek for countenances, lips, hearts, and tables, where are preserved by the health, dignity, and sobriety of the man and the Christian. Lives pure and mortified. Lives strong against temptations. Lives devoted to virtue and charity. Lives which may, without shame, be revealed to friends or enemies. You will find them only under the protection of the sign of the cross. End of letter 22